Hey, it's Seeking Plum. So, some of you may be very familiar with today's topic, and others maybe not so much. I'm going to share a bit more of the conversation I had with, quote, Sarah from the other day. And this time, it's on women's fears and the precautions we take, as well as the importance of boundaries. So, I remember having a conversation with a male friend once, and we were talking about walking down the street at night by ourselves and how safe we felt. We chose downtown Vegas as the city. And he told me that he didn't feel safe doing that either. He didn't feel that some of my fears or concerns were founded. I've had several similar conversations to that. But I didn't remember this until today. When I left home, I was given a can of mace. And later, when I got married, I received a Spyderco knife that I carried with me everywhere. In part, it was to be used as a tool, but also as backup, as a weapon. If we go back to that downtown street in Vegas, I don't know how many men, when they leave home, are given a can of mace, or how many husbands are given a knife to be used as a backup, as a weapon. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I just don't know how many have been given that. Anyway, uh, please know that this episode is not at all about pointing fingers or an attempt at shaming anyone. It's more about, hopefully, giving a peek into our concerns, the things we think about, and even what we talk about. I think these are some pretty big topics, and we barely skimmed the surface. So if you have something that you'd like to add, I'd love to hear from you. And guys, that means you too. Just because this is talking about women's fears, that doesn't mean you don't have a voice. So man or woman, I'd love to hear from you. Ah, but before I go, we do get into the topic of sexual assault and language and that kind of thing later, but I'll do that on another day. So if you do have thoughts on that, save them, please, and, and we'll talk about them then. Anyway, thanks. Like, women are well aware, right, of the... There's always concern wherever we go that we have to be looking out for our safety. Right? Oh, I do that in my own house. Well, not in my house, but at my house. Like, walking yeah. from my car if it's late at night, especially when I was living downtown here. Yeah. Like, I, before I got out of my car, I would check to make sure that there's nobody around. Yeah. Like if it was dark out, I wouldn't unlock my doors until I had taken a peek around and get out and quickly enter the building. Not run, but I'm right. like, you know, still aware of your surroundings. Even if we are in a brightly lit parking lot, yep. as soon as we get in, we hit the lock. If we are driving down the street and we come to a stoplight and notice that the car isn't locked, we lock it. Mm-hmm. Um, like... Even if we go on a date with somebody, there are all sorts of precautions that are made. Oh, you, you know? tell people where you're going to be, you meet in public, you don't yeah. bring them to your house. Right. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Who you're going out with, like when you're supposed to be back, like mm-hmm. all of these things. Like you even tell them maybe to call you at a certain point, you know, like everything. And like what? I, <laughs> I think the reason for that is, is because from a very young age as women, we are taught. So if something were to go wrong, what's yeah. the worst? I mean, obviously they can murder you, but right. What's the worst thing? Right? You think, oh, you get raped. 
right? Yeah. Like you're taught that that's like one of the worst things that can happen to you if you're not cautious and you're whatever. You can get beaten, you can get raped, you can, you know, whatever. Like to me, I think being raped would be worse than being murdered. Because <laughs> yeah. at that point, I don't know it's the difference. It's psychological right? as well and as physical. So, and and you're taught that from you. a very young age. And so I think that's why we're like that so much because that is a really, like, I can't even imagine having something like that happen to me that that's. To me, that would be way worse. Like, like that'd be like the worst thing that could possibly happen. I think as well, there's this. Not all men do this, but some men will use their um, their physicality or their uh, status or whatever they have, right, to uh, intimidate or to coerce or. Uh, whatever and so when there's that added level to interacting then that adds this extra tension so then you have to be concerned where okay well where is this fuzzy line and do I have to be extra careful here and so like the reason I bring it up is because I'm finding several conversations where I have where guys are like well you're being overly ridiculous or overly dramatic or overly cautious in these certain circumstances where I have not met a woman who has not been concerned when in walking down a street at night or you know what Remember I mean? Like when you were a little tiny kid and people used to say better safe than sorry? Yeah. And that's basically the equivalent to why yeah. we that would better safe than sorry because yeah. I would rather sit there and be looking over my shoulder like yeah. even when I walk I have my keys in between my fingers yes, yes. at night yes because if I have to stab some fucker in the eye I'm gonna do <laughs> oh, it yes. and I don't and I will not feel bad about a one goddamn no, bit no. but it's like you don't understand as a woman like to me to be raped like that would strip absolutely I don't know if I could like mentally yeah survive that like that I think deep down inside that that to me that's the worst thing that could happen to me if you stab me I'll get stitches like whatever you gotta yeah. take out one of my is it kidneys that you have two of that you yeah. can do yeah whatever to me the physical I can handle yeah, I can deal definitely. with that that those heals. physical scars yeah I'm not worried you punch me in the face I get a black eye I break a nose my nose is crooked the rest of my life whatever that sort of stuff I can deal with even some other emotional stuff it's like whatever but the idea of somebody violating violating my body in that way I can't even imagine my cousin in Winnipeg and I was not married yet but I had been with my husband for a long time I hadn't been single in many years and it was her birthday and we were going out and I remember we were dancing and some guy just came up and grabbed my butt as we were dancing and I turned around and I shoved him and I gave him shit I'm like don't you ever do that and 
I remember turning around, my cousin's face and her friends were all like, whoa, like, chill out. You just grabbed your butt. Are you fucking like, kidding me? I'm like, like, no, but this is part of the problem. Yeah. Why they think it's okay, because you guys don't see it as a big deal. My body is, is I get to right. choose who touches me or hugs me or kisses me or whatever. Yeah. And... I never told him he was allowed to do that. And no. the fact that he thought it was okay yeah. to just grab my ass and keep walking, you didn't sit there and try to say, hey, how are you, and get to know me, and sit there and be like, you know, to me, this is my body. Mm-hmm. And I will allow somebody, it's not that I have a problem with somebody grabbing my ass, it's that I didn't allow you to do that. Exactly. And they just were like completely baffled by the idea that I was so mad about it. Oh. And I'm like, no, no. No. And where do you draw the line? Yeah. Like, what, can he come up and grab my boobs next? Right. Can he sit there and just grab me and start making it? I mean, like, where do you draw the line? It's and to me, it's like, uh, no. It's it, If we back this up a little bit. It's, yeah, I know we kind of... No, 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 no. Though this is really good. But if we back this up just a little bit, if we go back to the doxing, right? Because some people say, like, they don't understand why it was so upsetting or traumatizing right and and where this still affects me today this so many years later so many years two years whatever it is um because it was kind of like i felt it wasn't violating my body it's intrusive but it wasn't it was intrusive they had taken something from me that i did not give them yeah that i had not volunteered to them yeah that I didn't even voluntarily put any of that information out there. To some extent, the, the internet takes that information and puts it out there whether you like it or not. Yeah. And then and then for them to pull it all together and use it as a weapon is something else altogether. But it's, it, it is being violated. In yeah, way. yeah. And then, and then, like you said, where's that line? And then if you keep pushing it and pushing it, and then it, it comes to your body, and then, like you said, there's like, if you don't stop them at some point... Yeah, no. Hey, Seeking Plum, it's Alan with Sentient Future. I'm sorry it's been a little while, but I was just listening to your segment today, your conversation with Sarah, and specifically around women's boundaries and the precautions that you feel you need to take. I think this topic is so powerful. Not only because the two of you had the courage to touch on a topic that not a lot of people do. And also, I think it really helps enlighten people who just haven't thought about, you know, women's perspectives on this. It makes a ton of sense, and I empathize. It pains me that we have a society where our safety isn't more or less a guarantee. And that being safe rather than sorry is simply good practice. As men and women, I think we need to continue leading by example. Not tolerating the behavior of others that does infringe on people's personal space and their safety. And as we teach empathy to our next generation, as I'm trying to do with my kids, I hope that in one day we don't have to live in fear of one another. Thank you for bringing up this important issue. Hey, it's Jared from Slangsmith Radio. I just wanted to uh, say thanks for sharing the conversation that you had with Sarah. Um, I was sort of privileged to first overhear and then be included in a similar conversation. Um, I was out at a coffee shop sitting at a community table with my headphones on and these two women were having a conversation similar but perhaps with a little more um, it was a little a little bit more of a 
an aggressive conversation, I would say, with some kind of language and some, you know, little little spicier. But I had to let, I felt like I needed to let them know that I could hear them just in case they thought I couldn't. Um, and then they were kind enough to include me in the conversation. And I, I, you know, it was a good conversation. I learned a lot. It did put me in the weird place of feeling, I, feeling like I was trying to answer for like all the men that they have encountered and stuff like that. And I know I'm not, I'm just mean, it's just my perspective. But um, I know I do some, like I walk around Baltimore, one of the most dangerous cities in the country. I walk around at two in the morning, just be out, you know? Um, that's probably not smart for me to do, but I don't walk around with the experience of fear, even in situations where perhaps I should. And just to kind of understand that, I mean, I know what fear feels like and to imagine having that sense of fear, like a constant thing that's going on, I, you know, it's, it's a difficult thing to imagine. Love the convo you are having with your friend, Sarah. And unfortunately, how commonplace it is that women, you know, they, they can't even walk outside at night, you know, because um, it's just a certain level of predatory nature that women have to undergo that men don't have to undergo. I mean, like you were saying, we, we still can be harmed, but not in the way women can, because women, unfortunately, guys are thinking, you know, uh, rape or kill for men. You know, we're either going to get robbed or killed. You know, they're not thinking rape. We're going to rape this guy. It's unfortunately, that's what women kind of have to endure. And uh, my ex, she just just a couple days ago, some dude at her school was trying to pretend like something was wrong with his car. He was trying to run her down like it was uh, it was. Yeah, man, it, it just it made me infuriated when she told me about it because it could have been one of them other crime stories. So thanks for sharing. I wanted to wait before responding. Uh, thank you to Alan and Jared and Dewan for calling in. This may sound kind of strange, but I really enjoyed this journey listening to the conversation that I had with Sarah, even though I was originally a part of that conversation, almost listening to it like a fly on the wall, and then giving it space to breathe, and then receiving each one of your calls and hearing what you had to say, your experiences, the things you've thought about, and the things that you've witnessed. On so much of social media and in various platforms, where there might be an article written on the topic of Me Too, there is this almost of head-to-head -head, uh, confrontation between the genders, and it's this angry place. And what I witnessed here today was something very different. A conversation between Sarah and I in Canada. And Alan, I know that you are in Canada too, and Jared, you're in Baltimore, and Dewan, you're in the Midwest. So we pretty much cover a good portion of part of this continent. And in listening to each other, I heard sympathy, empathy, attempts to understand. I heard hopes and endeavors for a different future. I heard love and care for those you have in your life. 
and the very important reminder that we as women have a responsibility to, to communicate without attacking, that the man or men before us is not responsible for every man's actions. In not responding right away to you today, I think what I took away the most is that what's so important in this overarching conversation is listening to each other. Because I think when we do that, then we can begin to understand. Anyway, I just wanted to say thank you, and I appreciate each one of you calling in and taking time out of your day to do so. And you've given me hope that maybe one day there will be less fear in the lives of women in the future.